Golden Spiral Media presents The Devil You Know, a Constantine podcast. Episode 12, A Whole World Out There. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Devil You Know. Ding, da, 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 the devil you know. This, of course, is a podcast about Constantine, that NBC show that we all love about our favorite exorcist. I'm one of your hosts, Tony. And I am the other dimensional counterpart of Joseph Settlemeyer. Perfect. <laughs> and uh, so welcome back. This is uh, The Devil You Know, episode 12, all about Constantine, episode 11, A Whole World Out There, that just aired world. this past Friday, January, what was the date? Uh, it would have been January 30th. 30th. I'm going to go with 30th. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. 2015. Wow, I'm still not used to that. Right. All of my checks, I get it wrong. So we're back. We took a week off. We have to do a couple of big thanks. Uh, oh, man. So thanks is too uh, small a word. Right. Um, we'll jump right into news about some things before we get into episode discussion then. So welcome to the news segment, everybody. Da-dun-da-dun. The devil you know. You know, and a lot of people pointed this out, and I never noticed it until, the, like, how much this song sounds like the Addams Family song. You didn't know I, that. It never occurred to me, <laughs> which is crazy, because I love the Addams Family. I think when I first started doing that, just off the top of my head, that I don't know why, but that was what was there. Didn't so. even notice. Um, so... First bit of news, Joe and I are back this week. Uh, We're back, baby. I had to uh, not do this for a week. Uh, I owe a big thanks to, uh, and Joe and I both do. Huge. To Ruthie Rink and Corey Metcalf and Mark Decote for uh, doing the hosting and editing of The Devil You Know last week. There was some life things and a, and a sudden unexpected passing in the family that just took a lot of time away. But you guys came in like superheroes. We, there are thanks is too small. We cannot tell you how much we appreciate. Absolutely. It. So thanks a ton, you guys. We appreciate it. Also, other news things. Um, not good news in the ratings, Joe. Nope. No. Which is such a bummer because we had an uptick the week before, right? And, and then it, it went back down. Uh, yeah, which is sad because I really liked this episode better I than last did. week's. I, I liked last week's episode, I and you too. and I haven't talked about this much yet. Uh, but I liked the episode, the Chaz-centric story. Me too. Uh, I, there were some things about it that I was not as much a fan of. But overall, I liked the episode quite a bit. I liked the teamwork and everything. And so I thought, oh, good, another episode that, that is, is pretty solid. Right? We got Maybe the Scooby the, Gang going. Right. The ratings will go up. We had a great Felix Faust was fabulous. So good. In that episode. I could not get over how good the casting and acting of Felix Faust was. No. Just how I wanted to see him. And this show has consistently had some pretty solid casting of the guest villains and guest stars and stuff. Yep. And, and this uh, week's was no exception. The right? return of Richie Simpson, played by the always fantastic Jeremy Davies. He's the best. He's so great. good. Yeah, we'll talk about him in a, in, a, in a bit. But so I was disappointed that the ratings went back down Me after too, that uptick man. because I really liked this episode. But, you know, it's not the quality of this episode that caused the ratings 
it's the one before and not enough people going, oh, yeah, that made me want to watch. I know. Which uh, I guess that's disappointing. And I stand by it. I really do think the move to the eight o'clock time slot is not helping us. Yeah. Now, I will say one thing that I'm excited about. um, Well, not excited, grateful for maybe, is that it does not appear that the move to the 8 p.m. has whittled down the violence, the gore. Oh, no. You know? The cigarette smoking. Right? Uh, so I'm still there. very happy about that. Yeah, me too. You know, uh, just, the, it's still, and in fact, this episode again got, I think, closer to the comics in, an, in another step. You Absolutely. Know? You know, and uh, kind of along the news, we got some information this week about some of the story arcs they had planned for this season that they had to let go of because of the shortened season. Yes, because the first few episodes did not play well with the ratings the way NBC had hoped. And so they sort of made a, well, we got to decide now decision and cut it down to 13 episodes. Oh, and heartbreaking. Man, he, you know, Daniel Cerrone and, and Goyer, there was some Twitter news and articles and things that they came They were going to do a Dr. Fate arc. Right? A Dr. Fate arc. And now all that means is that should, you know, speaking of fate, should fate (laughs) intervene and we get a season two. Are you listening, Kent Nelson? We'll get some of these awesome things. Excellent name drop, Kent Nelson. (laughs) Um, (laughs) If we get season two, it would be great to get some of those things. Oh, man, please. I don't want to, uh, and you and I were talking about this before we started recording, Joe, I don't want to talk too much about the the other things that aren't going to happen because I don't want to do too many spoilery things. Right. You know, there are some things. Because there are a few that do directly affect the season that's going on right now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I'm not a giant let's spoil everything person. There's a thing later we might talk about a little bit, but, I'll, you know, it's not for this season. It's for the comics. So. Yes. But, so that being said, uh, the other, you know, newsy stuff is just um, that uh, we're still hoping that come a couple of months from now, they decide that they are going to give us a season two. Just give so us one more shot. Keep going with that hashtag save Constantine stuff on Twitter. And, you know, boy, these guys are so good about live tweeting during yep. the episodes. The whole, I mean, pr- directors, writers, the actors, the producers, they are, pu- they believe in this show. And with that's good really exciting. Reason. With good reason. I mean, there's a lot of great energy going on with the show, and it finally feels like ever since, you know, we had the Doctor or the um, Papa Midnight episodes, and yeah. then we had a couple duds. I'm sorry. I just thought they were duds. Yeah. But then, like, ever since the Saint of Last Resorts, it feels like the show has really locked into its its vibe. Yeah. Well, and then I would say that somewhere around episode four, it started to really feel like it was really improving. I did. I, I agree. And then I felt like it backslid a little bit. Sure. Okay. But I feel like ever since Saint of Last Resorts, it yeah, has we've just had a handful locked of really into what it's supposed to be. Solid episodes. Yep. Absolutely. I agree. So who knows what will happen. I'm hoping for more, but uh, if we get these 13, I'm going to enjoy the next two episodes, you know, no matter what. I agree. So so I think that's it for news. Any other news stuff, Joe? Um, no. Fabulous. Let's jump into uh, episode discussion, shall we? Let's do it, do it. Episode discussion. Episode discussion. discussion. We're really singy today. You are. 
you know. I am too. That's. I keep saying this will be the last time I drink before I do one of these podcasts. No. But we both know that's a lie. That's not true. <laughs> so. <laughs> There's no alcohol. No, I only have one kidney. I really don't drink. Right. But that's why you only have one kidney. It's because of all the excessive <laughs> drinking. We're just not going to tell anybody that. So Except the, that's that we also just so not true. But So this episode begins, Joe, uh, in a way that I... When it first came up, I thought, oh, we've kind of seen this. Yep. I know, know exactly what you mean. It's sort of that, oh, here are some kids messing around in a cemetery. Right. You I know, feel like I've seen this in 18 different horror movies as right. well as multiple episodes of Buffy the and Vampire And it starts Slayer. up and you go, nothing could go wrong here, you know. But then, I'll be honest, it took a turn that I really dug. It's, it was, it's not that the take on it, or it's not that the actual event was that original or new it was their take on it that i thought was so interesting i thought so too and i thought it was executed well so exactly you know we've talked a lot there are only you know (laughs) not everything has to be a brand new idea right but how you approach it the execution of it you know and i liked that execution in this episode a lot right initially i was watching it thinking i'm like oh are we doing like a ouija board sort of thing here but we're not it was a group of students looking to do some experimenting in astral projection uh, out of body experiences and it took them somewhere they were not expecting to go right they are using a book that we we find out they're using a book that's a private journal of a guy named jacob shaw indeed uh and, in richie simpson's collection right and we don't i think know that exactly not, yet, not at this point but yeah. yes and so we see them sit do some magic do a little chanting light some candles get some pizza wait get no and <laughs> they disappear to this other place for a little while there are creepy things that happen there and then uh they one of the girls screams and that sort of shocks them all back to being back into our world well they encounter someone in the other world who is desperately trying to get out yes and we don't fully understand what's going on right and then we cut back to our favorite uh millhouse right home for the spooky my favorite millhouse is millhouse van houten well all right fair enough and at the millhouse though constantine's relaxing drinking having a little moment to himself watching uh gary lester Right. In the mirror. In the mirror. You know, we, we have another guest appearance, even though he does not have a single line in the show. Right. But there he is in the mirror looking as haggard as he once did in life. Right. And that just reminds us again what an amazing place the Millhouse is because, oh, yeah, the mirror there shows you the past. Right. And, well, and I felt like it was a little nod, nice little nod to the comics, too, because in the comics... John, it, it is not uncommon for John to have visitations with buddies of his that have bit the dust. Absolutely. He sort of gets followed by, yep. oh, and there's a name and I, now I'm forgetting it, but it's the, the it's like a chorus of ghosts right. who follow him around. Yep. And there are people who he's, you know, had a hand in killing yep. or, or, you know, he had a hand in their demise. And uh, so it was, it did feel like a little nod to that. And it was nice watching him sit there and... You know, we've talked about the the stuff he carries around with him, the yeah. weight of the world, sort of, you know, and how his response to that is to be kind of a, an asshole. Right. Um, but it was nice to see him in a quiet, private moment, just having a drink and looking at Gaz and thinking, man, it sucks that he's dead. Yep, I blew it. That yep. was on me. Yep. And then his little, you know, his little private interlude is interrupted 
by an angelic presence. Yep. Uh, and I loved I loved Manny's little moment in this episode. I loved both of them. Yeah. Basically oh, yeah, calling John out on his pity party of one. Yep. You know. <laughs> and that brings us to uh, one of my favorite moments, which I actually uh, will talk about later when we get to quote of the week. But I loved that discussion where he, he calls him out on his pity party. Yep. I just thought it was really fun. So. Manny basically says, I got something for you to do. Right. Have you actually been checking the map? Because it's bleeding again right, right in your backyard. And John's taking the day off. He yep. says, I don't care. Chaz has got family time. Zed's in bed rest. It's my, which, you know, normally know. we would joke about that before. <laughs> we would be like, oh, here come the one-liners that eliminate one of them. But... I bought both of these this time. They now that we have a better sense of who Chaz is and what Chaz is dealing with, all of a sudden I feel less of an urge to constantly pick on them for well, moving him off stage. And also, you know, um, continuity wise, Zed got whaled on last episode. Whaled Give her on. some rest. Yep. Chaz has some family patching up to do. Yep. Let him go do that. Like I liked a lot that continuity. Yeah. That was happening. I also didn't mind the storytelling um uh what's the word I want? Um tool, structure, motif, the strategy of getting him alone. Yeah. You know, we've seen the Scooby Gang building. Now let's give John a chance to be Constantine. He needed that. We needed an episode that was very Constantine centric. Mm -hmm. uh, although we get a big, big mirror uh, window into his past. Yep. And you know, uh, I mean, adding Richie in right is a wonderful way to go. Hey, remember the whole Newcastle thing. And also it gives us a different sense of teamwork. This was a very richy heavy episode. Very much. And that team was really cool. Well, and you know, Manny even calls him out. He's like, you've got a friend who is in need. And John quickly realizes he's only got one friend in the nearby area. Right. And that's our buddy, Richie Simpson, yeah. uh, returning guest star, Jeremy Davies. Who's great. Just, I, I, I've made no bones about the fact that I am a humongous Jeremy Davies fan ever since a wonderful little independent movie called Ravenous, which if you've not seen, oh my Lord, you have to see that movie. But, uh, you know, one of the things I joked about with Tony about this episode, this episode was lost a go-go. <laughs> we have Daniel, we have <laughs> Ethan <laughs> Rum, we have Michael, we have three of the big players from Lost all returning for a single episode of Constantine. You got polar bears, you got your crashing plane. Right? I was waiting for John to be the smoke monster. <laughs> but he does smoke, which he is does. so close. He does, that is accurate. <laughs> so uh, John goes over to where Richie is teaching, which... Uh, we talk about this a little bit, but let's just deal with it now. He teaches at Ivy University. He teaches at Ivy University, which, for those of you who know the comics, DC Comics at all, um, Ray Palmer, who is the, the Adam, Adam, that's where he teaches, is Ivy University. Now, it's interesting, that's not the case in the Arrow continuity. Ah, uh, I do not watch Arrow, so I'll take your word for it. In Arrow, Ray Palmer is... A genius still, Fair. but he runs a company and winds up taking over um, a giant organization yeah. in, in Arrow, yeah. in, in the series. And so he's a recurring, not a recurring, a guest, I guess recurring, yes, a recurring character in Arrow as well. Um, as of this point, not as the Atom, but as Ray Palmer, but there are things leading toward that happening Yay. with his character, which is fun. 
so he may have taught at Ivy University. He may have some connection, but I don't. Th- I don't think it's been addressed in Arrow. No. But in the comics, that's what his job is: is being a, t- a professor at Ivy University. Yep. So it was very cool to see that now that that's where Richie was, uh, and John visits him in his classroom, and. Richie is not happy about it. Nope. <laughs> Richie made it clear in the very first episode that he, he doesn't get super happy to see John show up in his life anymore. Right. And John says, I know, I get it, but Gary's dead. And that's news to Richie. It is. It is. Well, and it's and one of sobers things- him up a little bit and stops his rant. One of the things that John talks to Manny about that I think is really interesting and gives you a better perspective on their relationship is that Richie was the one who was never impressed by me. Right. He was the one who, you know, all the rest of them, they they get swept up in John's charisma and his abilities. Richie's the one who didn't. He never did. Yep. And you really see that aspect of it. Unlike some of the other Newcastle group, which, side note, how much do I love the Newcastle group? So much. Yeah, very much. They have done a masterful job of casting those people. And there's still a few more from the Newcastle group we haven't seen. And I'd love to see them show up at some point. Yeah, and I have loved the three that we've gotten. Agreed. So. Agreed. And we really see Richie as more of John's contemporary. Right. And less so of John's lackey. Right. And Richie sees himself that way, too. Absolutely. Which is really nice. Right. You know. Well, yeah, and when we see cool Richie, when we first see Richie in this episode, we, we see a broken man. We see a man sitting at a desk grading papers while a tape recorder teaches his lessons. Yes. And it's his voice, but he it prepared is. it so that he doesn't have to talk in front of people. Yep. Because, you know, Richie's, Richie's got some demons. da 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 Right. And unfortunately, he has an extra student this week. And it is John Constantine. Yeah. So Constantine interrupts his, his lecture right at the end to ask a question. And flirts with one of the students. You saw it. <laughs> yep. It made me laugh. Yep. Um, so as they meet, though, uh, they, they go back to his office to talk and uh, argue about the fact that John said he wouldn't bother him again. Right. Um, but John tells him Gary's dead and says, and I've got good word that there's something hovering about you. Right. That who do you do so well. Right. So their discussion there is interrupted by the phone call from Adam, who we realize is the guy from the cemetery in the teaser in the opening. And it's also Richie's assistant, his his teaching assistant. And it turns out that um, what has happened is that Carter, one of the guys who uh, was in the cemetery with them, has died. He sure did. And we saw it happen. Yep. And it wasn't pretty. It involved a little suffocation. Well, and the thing that's amazing about it, or that was interesting about it, is that this was the day after they had all gone to the cemetery. Indeed. This was Spells him over. getting, out of, a, getting out, of, out of class and walking through campus and seeing a reflection in a plate glass window. Yep. And the reflection was of the creepy guy who was in the other reality that they went to. The other man, Ethan Rom. The other man, Ethan. Ethan from Lost. It's not Ethan from Lost, but it's that actor. <laughs> and William Offer. He when he sees the guy in the reflection, he his consciousness gets drawn to that other plane again. Yep. And there, the bad guy who we come to learn is Jacob Shaw. Yes. Suffocates him. Yeah. And then his body dies here in our world. 
we have learned through numerous horror movies that if a dude shows up in a nice shirt and slacks and a butcher's apron over it, probably not a good dude. Not a good guy. Nope. Bad things are about to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So we got a, a semi-classic horror trope that uh, of recent year, you know, yes. um, bad things happen to you in your dreams yep. or in this other reality, whatever. And that happens to your real body as well. But that's one of the things I actually really, really liked about this episode is, again, we're breaking from the traditional monster concept. Yes. It's not demon of the week. This guy isn't a demon. He is a once mortal being who has gone into a new plane of existence of his own creation. Right. It's it's not ghosts. It's not demons. It's other dimensional. And I thought that was really interesting. You know, we're we're never seeing John have to deal with the same type of scenario twice. Right. So, yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting because um, the way that Jacob Shaw created this other world plane of existence is exactly the type of thing that Richie is researching. Yes. And singularity this is a really solid tie back, tie, tie in, tie back, call back to <laughs> tie dye, tie dye uh, to the comic book. Yes. Um, you know, we, we don't want to spoil it. Believe me, go back and read the comic books because Richie's story in the comic books is really fascinating and they drop big hints on it in this episode. And it, um, you know, this episode could easily have gone the same way. Yes, absolutely could have. Didn't. Didn't, but it, it it was sort of an updated, interesting version of that. And again, I like that we're not completely doing the comic book because, right. you know, we've seen those, but it's an interesting take on them, draws right from them, you know, completely uh, true to the spirit of what's happening there. Yes. I liked it a lot. And, you know, uh, hope if this is a spoiler too much, then Tony will edit it out. But... Oh, now I have work to do. <laughs> you know, I don't think this will come as a huge shock to anyone. In the comic book, the stuff that Richie is researching, the stuff he's using to help John... It goes real badly for Richie, about as badly as it could possibly go. Right. And I really expected that to happen. There was a very specific moment in this episode that tied, I thought, very nicely into the comic book story. Sure. So and then did a complete 180. We'll talk about, I mean, yes, uh, you know, and we may have even talked about this in other, uh, the first time Richie showed up. But in the comic book, here comes a spoiler, everybody. So skip ahead three minutes if you don't want to talk about this. Cover your ears and go la 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 la. Right. Use your, your little uh, device to skip three minutes if you don't want to hear the spoiler. For But in the comic book, Richie dies. He does. He is researching he the dies resurrection crusade. He does. He is researching the resurrection crusade for John. He is uh, doing the 1980s equivalent of data mining and yeah. is decides to project his own consciousness into the computer. It does not go super well. No, he gets to some uh, sort of... <laughs> a redef redefinition a, of the word firewall. Right, and it fries his human body here. And Richie doesn't know it, but while he is, his consciousness right. is in the computer, his body has been killed. And so he now 
essentially what happens is he becomes um, the techno demon. Yes, and John has to, and Richie doesn't understand what's happening. He's talking to John through the computer the whole time, and John pulls the plug on him, knowing that Richie cannot go back into his body because his body is burnt toast. Right. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great episode. It's a great, and Richie great dies issue, not mean. understanding what John has done. Right. Uh, and and what John did was save save him. Really, he, did. he saved his consciousness. But so at the end of this episode, when they're in the alternate reality, right? They, it was right I, there. You were like, "Is this is this Richie staying here forever?" Now I was done. shocked when he came back. Yeah, I thought for sure he was going to remain in the other reality. Yeah, well, I, and I'm really glad that he didn't. Me too. Because I hope that if we get season two, we get to see more of Richie. I you agree know, completely. I a recurring character as part of you know the occasional Scooby Gang would be fun because I like Jeremy Davies and the character's great. You know, one of the things Tony and I talked about, and we'll get back to the recap in just a second. Uh, I promise, but. The fact is, they have done such a good job with the Newcastle gang. In some ways, I like them more than Zed and even Chaz. And I find myself, and we talked about this with Anne-Marie. Obviously, we would have loved to have seen Gaz more, but, you know, things did not go super well for Gaz. But I I am so such a fan of Anne-Marie and Richie and looking forward to them bringing in more. There is a part of me that would like to see them become a greater part of the Scooby gang. Yes, I I, I don't hate that idea at all. You know, it's funny because I'm torn. I just earlier said how much I liked seeing a John-centric episode. Right. But at the same time, these are great characters. They are. Who I think have a great history with him and can play off him well. And it's interesting because that's part of the challenge of the Zed and Chaz thing. Right. Although I think we're starting to learn more about Chaz and I'm liking it. Me too. And we'll see what happens as Zed's storyline continues. Yeah. There's only two more episodes left this season. If we get season two, I expect we'll get more of that Resurrection Crusade storyline. I'd like to think so. I, I will be surprised if they come back to that this season. Me too. There's I only think two that, episodes left, yeah, and I think it's on hold now. The clock is ticking. I think when there were nine episodes more to season one, that Resurrection Crusade was coming back. Yep. I think with two now, it's not going to happen. No, I don't think so either. Uh, so that's okay, you know, but no, I I agree. I think that those characters are great and I would love to see them come back more often. Me too. So back to recap, um, Adam talks about Carter and tells uh, Richie what happened. They Richie starts combing through his office. Right. Finds out, you know, realizes that they took the book. Womp womp. And yeah. And those crazy students. They go, they go to uh, start asking the other kids some details about what's going on. Uh, Lily sees the guy in the hat too. And John tracks her down and starts questioning her, finds out that they were at the cemetery. All of this sort of plot progression stuff happens. Um, And then while John goes to the cemetery to see what he can find out about them being there, Manny comes back. He sure does. And I liked all of Manny's uh, appearances in this one. Manny basically looks at John and says, look, uh, this guy, Richie, that you have uh, hanging out with you, he could be useful. Right. He is useful to us because John wants to leave him out of it. John Mm -hmm. legitimately seems to feel bad for the, you know, the fact that Richie has become a monster drug addict. Yeah. He has got a collection of sedatives that would make Jim Morrison weep. (laughs) 
<laughs> and John kind of wants to leave him out of it. And Manny is taking a harder line on this. He's like, look, there are some dangerous things a coming. Yep. This guy is really smart. He has figured out a lot of technological aspects of the mystical world. Yep. Um, John, John and Richie have a fantastic discussion that will also lead to my quote of the week. Right. Yeah. About the concept of singularity, about the idea of preserving your consciousness in digital form. Right. Um, and it, it does kind of make you sit back and be like, wow, he is in a lot of ways the technological equivalent of John. Sure. Yep. Yeah. And, and you can definitely see why Manny's like me pull him off the bench. Right. I mean, his office is, you know, a, a professor's office version of Jasper's Millhouse. Absolutely. It's full of stuff. Absolutely. You know, in fact... Looks just like my office at EMU. Right. I, exactly. I teach at EMU and students are stealing my occult stuff all the oh, time. Right. And then they're disappearing into <sighs> other realms and blah, blah, blah. It drives right. me crazy. So... The reason I liked this trip is because Manny dropped the hint, you should use Richie in our little yep. uh, adventures. And that's part of what gives me hope, looking Neat. back at the episode, <laughs> that too. Manny might push this again and John might recruit and we might see him again if there's an episode, a season two. Right. You know, who knows if there will be, but the idea of that is fun. So... John leaves the cemetery because he finds some symbols on the ground and figures out what he wants to do next. And then we cut to Miranda, the dancer, out of she, one of the kids uh, who was in the cemetery. Hold me closer, tiny dancer. And this was, well, settle down over there. I'm going to need you to put your shirt back on. What is happening right now? <laughs> Putting my shirt back on implies that I ever put it to, you know, that I haven't have been wearing one up till this point. Oh, it was just fun to say that. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. I also have to bring up that. So we've got the four kids, right? Yep. Adam Carter, Lily, and Miranda, who were at the cemetery. And here we get to see Miranda, the dancer, dealing with, um, she's sort of in the denial stage, saying yep. no, nothing really happened. That was, you know, we're all imagining it. It's fine. Doing a little ballet to work she, through some stuff. Yep. And this was one of the places where I loved the direction in this episode. Yeah, the director too. and the director of photography, I thought, did a great job as she's dancing down the bar, down the mirror. Jacob Shaw just appears in the mirror closer and closer. With every spin, he's there again and there again and there again as she moved down. I loved that. I just thought that was really well done. And it was really subtle. It's blinking and you miss it. Like they, yep. They're not doing a ton of focus on Jacob but you feel his presence. Yeah. And then it's like, boom, there he is. Yeah, it was, it was pretty great. Um, and that, oh, Joe, you know, I realized just now, I apologize, everyone. One of the things I should have mentioned at the top was that the this episode, yes, was written by Davida Scarlett and Snaha Kurs. And Snaha also did Blessed Are the Damned. I did not like that episode as much as I like this episode. I agree with you. Blessed I think this the episode end, I thought had a... some nice things yep. to it. I loved the angel stuff in there. Me too. I wasn't a huge fan of the preacher and some of that stuff that I felt was overdone and not particularly strongly um, delivered. Delivered, and yeah, not not made its own. Yeah, uh, but I loved the stuff with Manny and um, who, Imogen. Who was the the other angel? I think it was Imogen. Uh, and yes. so I liked that, but I'm glad to see uh, this that, episode was an. Uptick. Yeah, absolutely. And it was directed by Tom Wright. And this is the first one of the first Constantine episode that he's directed uh, for. And so I liked what he did with this. That's and off to you, sir. That, you that did an excellent job. mirror section made me, uh, <laughs> made me really appreciate that Indeed. work. So anyway, Miranda has her encounter at the gym. 
with Jacob Shaw. It goes exactly as well as you think it will. Right, meaning she dies real good. At least she doesn't get a giant metal python driven through her body. Yeah, oh, wait. wait what? <laughs> That's exactly uh, what happens. Except, you know, just like with Carter, she sees him in the mirror, and the eye contact and she, her seeing him in the mirror pulls her into the alternate universe. Yep. Her the, consciousness leaves her body. Right, her body collapses to the ground there, in the alternate universe, we don't see it happen, but right. when we next see her, we realize the reason she's dead is because there's a giant metal of, bar, right? Uh, rebar sticking through her stomach, uh, and so she dies. Uh, meanwhile, Lily and Adam. Adam are trying to reach her. I wonder if they named him Adam in reference to the Adam from Ivy University. No. Maybe. No, I'm sorry. You don't know. <laughs> so they are trying to reach her, and uh, Adam, who's a little obsessed with the occult thing, and like, I, I, I bet she's there. I bet she was But he's back. also carrying the guilt. This was all Adam's right, idea. He right. was the one who took the book. He was the one who got this whole ball of nasty rolling. Yes, agreed. So, so he's a little guilty, and he decides he's not going to look for her body physically he's going to go back to this other realm and see if that's where she is right um he does that in the meantime miranda says or i mean uh, lily says no i'm going to go she's probably dancing that's what she does i'm going to go there lily goes there finds her body adam does his little trip mm-hmm. and stuff goes poorly for him <laughs> surprise 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 <laughs> who would have guessed yep uh the other dimension is exactly as nasty as you would expect it to be uh jacob shaw has been anxiously awaiting visitors he makes reference to the fact that he has not had visitors in a very long time and we begin to understand that this alternate reality that they are in is entirely created by jacob shaw it is his world. It is this nasty, twisted, haunted house in the middle of nothing. And I actually really liked the the set design and yeah. the lighting design and the sound. Uh, the whole concept of his place was pretty cool, I thought. Because it was. It was this nice mix of kind of traditional, scary, you know, creepy serial killer house mixed with other dimensional. You know, when you just see it kind of floating in this limbo of nothingness. It's like, yeah, this is no longer a traditional horror effect. There is, it's this nice kind of almost Lovecraftian blend of horror and occult and meta science. Right, right. Yeah. No, it was, it was pretty cool. So, um. Do you like that word Lovecraftian? I did. Yeah. Nicely done. Pushes. You can't see me audience, but I'm pushing up my nerd glasses right now. <laughs> so. Adam goes back to the house in, you know, in the other world, finds Miranda with a pole through her. And um, John and Richie show up at the cemetery, uh, but not in time to save Adam, who's disappeared into the other world. No, they see some wounds starting to form on his body. Pretty gruesome. Right. Pretty gruesome. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, in the other dimension, uh, Shaw has greeted Carter and Miranda and Adam. Uh, you know, ish, greeting them in an unpleasant way. Yeah, and not with candy and flowers. Right. It was really interesting because he basically said, hey, everybody, here's how this is going to work. Um, I'm going to pick a weapon and you're going to run. You're going to run and let's see what happens. <laughs> and it, uh, that was really amazing. Yeah. That, that sequence I really liked. And Adam says, you know what? 
I don't think you can hurt me here. I think this is your reality, not mine. So I can't get hurt. So he stands up to him and bull choice. Shaw says, interesting. So how do you, how do, how do you find out uh, if your if a hypothesis is correct? And he says, well, we have to test it. So he picks up a sledgehammer <laughs> and takes him out with it. Right. You, you don't see it happening, but you know that Jacob just kneecapped the bejesus out of him. Oh, yeah. Just based was... on it, poor Adam's expression. Yes, yes. And so we we find out that, um, no, you can get hurt here, yep. Adam. Nice try, right? Uh, so... <laughs> And I, you know, I know it's a, it's a horror trope that we've seen before, but I I thought it was done with such great effect. The, the nicer and more polite and genteel Jacob Shaw was. Yes. The more it was just goose flesh. It was just shivering down the skin. Yeah. And he's great. That actor. Yeah. uh, William Moffitter. Thank Uh, you. Tom Cruise's stepbrother, half brother, something like that. There's some sort of relation. Wow. I know. Good. Nice. I know. Joseph Zettelmeyer, ladies and gentlemen. I, uh, you know. Also, uh, if you need to know anything about the Kardashians, Joe's your man. I could not pick them up a lineup of one. Okay. <laughs> so, meanwhile, John and Richie uh, take Lily and say, you're the only one left alive. <laughs> Don't look at any reflective surfaces and follow us. Come with us. They take her back to the mill house to keep her safe, right? John and I loved, I loved Richie's reaction to the mill house. Yes. You know, we get to see a little bit of that, the the Richie of old who right. walks into this magical bunker and he's just like, oh my God, this is awesome. He's like poking at things on right. the shelf. This and... place is so cool, <laughs> which, you know, it's it's nice. We as the audience have often had that feeling kind yep. of going to the mill house. We're like, oh, I would, I would want to play with all of this stuff. Yeah, it was neat. So, um, <laughs> I loved Richie's moment. Yeah, when John is offering them drinks and Richie's just and make it a double if you please. Yes, yeah, whiskey would be good. Thank you. <laughs> so then Lily makes the mistake of saying, I'm just gonna call my, my mom, was gonna get me at the train. I should let her know. And oh, pulls no. out her phone, and at the same time, the guys realize there's that Immediately. Sort of reflective surface. They turn, and it's too late. She has looked into her phone, seen a reflective surface, and been pulled into Jacob Shaw's reality. Wop, wop. She goes into her trance-like state, and John says the only way we can save her is we got to go. We got to go there. Let's go. And boy, does Richie not love this idea at all. absolutely does not. And I loved that scene where John basically says, this is it. This is what we do. He kind of guilts him into it. It's a a matter of not just guilting Richie into it, but reminding Richie of who Richie is. Right. Right. And Richie has spent the last several years drugging himself up and doing his best to forget his past. And that's a big part of the arc for this show, for this episode was Richie coming to terms with who he is and what he wants, what he really wants. And there was a cool moment there when Richie says, but what's going to happen to us while we're here? If we're gone, our bodies are left right here unprotected. And then... And Manny shows up. And John says, I think we're going to be taken care of. Manny, and this is important. I agree Manny completely. shows up, doesn't say a word, but gives John a look that says, I got your back. Manny's being helpful. He really Not is. Not only did he show up at the beginning of the episode to say, hey, you got a buddy in trouble, but he showed up to help John. Yep. In this moment, and I thought that was really interesting. My my brain immediately went to, you know, we've already established that Manny was talking to him about, look, Richie could be helpful to what we're trying to do. Right. And John ended up following Manny's guidance. And I feel like 
when John, you know, when John and Manny's plans line up, Manny is much more willing to help out. Yes. Well, and I'm excited because I loved that little interplay between them. Yeah. And what it could mean for Manny in the future. And also, uh, Sarone and Goyer have talked about the fact that one of the last two episodes coming up is a very Manny centric episode. It's the next one. I've actually, yeah, I've seen some of the previews for it and it looks like it's going to be real Manny heavy. I've been trying to avoid some of those, you know, but that <laughs> I, that's fun because I can't wait to see what that means. Right. Like as far as where's Manny's arc going, where is his um, willingness to help John? And, you know, we've seen him bend the rules a little bit back in the past when he needed to uh, in, in Blessed Are the Damned. Indeed. And so where that goes, I'm excited about, but I loved that Manny showed up. So the guys do the trancy thing, go to Jacob Shaw's world. Uh, lots of fun, creepy stuff happens. Um, th- One of the things we discover very early on is that they're, they're trying to find uh, Lily. They're trying to find Lily. They're trying to get her out of her. They recognize that the others are kind of a lost cause. Yeah, they're, they're dead. Their bodies yep. are dead. Their, Nothing their, their consciousnesses done. are there, but they can't save them. Again, friends of the comic book, you will recognize this as perhaps something that might happen to Richie a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But one of the things, they, they've expl- they're trying to explore Jacob's house, and they go to a dead end. They realize that they can't go any further, and Richie, being the superior mind yep. that he is... Yep realizes that because he has spent so much time studying singularity and out-of-body experience, mm-hmm. realizes that he is actually strong enough to adjust Jacob's world, that he can actually temporarily at least yeah. take control of the reality around him, and he summons a door. He creates a door where there is no door. Right. And allows them to continue moving forward. Yeah, and that was pretty great. I loved that it. That moment where you saw sort of the power shift yep. and John just looked at him and, and knew, okay, right. He, you are leading this mission, pal. Right. right? Here's what this do you need? little raggedy man who weighs 90 pounds soaking wet. Right. And you see John kind of step back and be like, Oh, where we are right now, Richie is the a bomb. Richie is the most powerful thing in the room. Yep. Yep. And so they go through the newly formed door that Richie created and they find a guy hiding under a sheet. Yep. Who, as it turns out, is Jacob Shaw. He, and basically he starts asserting his power over them and nails John to a wall with nails through his hand. He sure does. And at that point, Richie starts to panic and thinks all is lost. Right. And that's when John explains to him, you are the strongest mind here. Right. John, in this moment, John basically gives up control and says, Richie, it's up to you. I believe in you. You have to do this. And you can. And all of a sudden, the wounds that Jacob has inflicted on Richie disappear. Yep. And I love that moment where... Richie realizes he can do it. Yeah. And he walks to the window and he looks out and all he sees is the blank expanse around them and says, some God you turned out to be, Shaw. You You forgot forgot the sun. sun. And he brings the sun to life and the whole landscape changes. It's It's a great moment both from an acting and from a technical standpoint. It just looks cool as hell. Yeah. And again, this is why you hire actors of Jeremy Davies caliber. Right. Is he, he just, he brings such... A, a joyous moment of humanity to this totally broken man. 
and you're rooting for him. You're so happy to see Richie take this step yep. towards healing himself. Yep, absolutely. So great moment. Um, Richie essentially at that moment defeats Shaw. He sure, he and, sure does. You know, there's the, 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 it's like the, the witch got the bucket of water thrown on right. her. Shaw's gone, poof, which is wonderful. And then Shaw's reality that they're in begins to crumble. Yep. And they realize they've got to get out. And that they need to take Lily with them. Yep. So they find her. They go running out of the place. It starts collapsing. Lily's friends start following and stop at the doorway. They can't leave. They can't go. And they know it because they're dead. Yep. They can't escape. Their consciousness is here and here alone. Yep. So John says to Richie, or Richie says to John, someone who, I can't remember the exact sequence, Joe, but they basically realize that this is collapsing, but Richie has created the rest of this reality. Yep. Like Richie has taken over and that was Shaw's reality. Richie's overwritten it. And now he's got his own space outside of that. And it's interesting because some people uh, complained and criticized the way the CGI looked in that particular moment, they thought it was really like cheap and fakey and weird. I liked that it was weird. Okay. Like I liked that it didn't look quite like reality. Sure. Because it's not reality. It's another dimension. Right. Yeah. And no, I didn't mind it at all. I mean, there was, there was a, uh, oh gosh, I didn't think it was the best effects we've seen in the show. Oh, by no means. But I thought that the fact that it didn't look real was intentional. I did too. That's I, I what I thought. I liked that. Yeah. Is, yeah, this is, this is Richie's world now. Richie is, for all intents and purposes, God in this. Well, and it's interesting because then they send Lily home. Yep. They, Richie, sends Lily home and she wakes up in the millhouse and is sitting in the chair looking at the two of them in their trance state. And John says, okay, let's go. And Richie says, mm, nope. Maybe you should go. Yep. And... This, again, is a great callback to the Richie storyline yep. because, as we talked about, you know... Richie's consciousness does not return in the comic book. Right. And he stays in another plane of existence, even though it's a technological one in the comic right. book. And in this episode, he has that moment where you think that's going to happen. And you get it because you, he, he has such joy in this world. He, he talks about, he's got this great moment where he's talking about, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to invent. I'm going to create. Right. And you see Richie kind of happy for the first time since we've ever seen him. Yeah. And he's got this, this one line, even though it's not the quote of the week, the line stuck to me just because I thought it was, it, it, it perfectly summed up Richie. He just looked at John and he was trying to explain to John why he's not going to leave. Right. And he says, I'm tired of being afraid all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's just it. Richie is safe here. Right. Well, and it's interesting because then John uses that. Yep. John says, but even though you're in charge here, you're not really running to this. You're running away from the real world. Right. You're running away from the where the problems are. Which is when Richie's MO the whole time. Yeah. Ever since Newcastle, sure. he has been in a perpetual state Lots of retreat. Lots of medication and retreat and hiding and be avoiding people. Because, and he admits it. He's terrified. He is terrified of the things that's coming, the growing darkness. Yeah. The reason he stopped doing the research for John is because he was burning through hard drives. Find, because he, Finding too many too horrific many things, things happening. Yep, absolutely. And he's perpetually terrified of what's coming up behind him. And this is a chance for him to escape that. Yep. John says, but... You're not really escaping it. You're just hiding from it for a little while in a place that's not real. Yep. And 
Richie sends John back, and John has a moment in the you just see Millhouse waiting to see what happens, and he's waiting and waiting, and you think that Richie's not coming back, and then he wakes up. It go. It went on long enough that I I I really didn't think Richie was coming back. Yeah, no, especially I, I knowing the, what right. the comic book is, I thought, okay, oh, so they've bummer. They've, that's the end of Richie, right? But I love that he came back because uh, it gives me hope that. That character and John will have more stuff to do. Please bring... I would love... Writers and directors and creators of Constantine the TV show, we know that you all addictively listen to our podcast, because why wouldn't you? Right. I would absolutely love to see an episode with Richie and John and Anne-Marie all together. Oh, that would be cool. Right? Yeah. I would love to see the Newcastle gang all together again. Yeah. Yeah, I'm already picturing it. The, dir- right? the director in me has the three of them standing together in the millhouse looking at Lester in the mirror <sighs> and having a little moment together. About How great would that wouldn't be? Wouldn't that be great? Oh, boy. Okay. So, Joe, that, that essentially ends the, the Essentially, there's a moment at the end but... that I want to bring up because I loved it. Good. It's Go where the episode ends mm-hmm. is we see Richie back in his classroom. Yep. And he is setting up his lecture, which it means for Richie, I admit, I am also a college professor. There was a part of me looking at that that went, wait a minute, I can have a tape recorder do all my lectures for me? Wait a minute. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And you see Richie setting up his tape recorder and he stops and he puts the tape recorder back in his briefcase Mm -hmm. and decides to talk to the students about the concept of Nirvana, the concept of escaping reality. Yep. And the idea that three big rules. Yep. And -hmm. the idea that mankind will never achieve transcendence until it gives up its desires. Yep. What it what it wants, what it needs. Those are the things that hold us back from transcendence. And you see Richie kind of make peace with who he is. Yes. And set him up in a way that, yeah, exactly. I know we've said it a thousand times, but it really feels like a setup for us to see a lot more Richie, especially because he's the one member of the Newcastle gang who's living in the same state that John is living in. Absolutely. They are essentially neighbors. Yep. And I feel like we've really got the potential if season two happens, dear Lord, let season two happen for Richie to become a much bigger part of the show. Well, how fun would it be for Richie and John to get together via car and Marie shows up via by location, by location just to help out, you know, but right. And she's not really there, but she's there. I mean, that's fun. I like I that agree. a lot, man. So we'll see. But um, so the other thing I wanted to talk about uh, relating this episode to uh, some of the the DC stuff was, uh, and maybe maybe we slide into Myth, Myth Adventures. Adventures and talk about a whole bunch of DC connections. Maybe we do. I think we should do that. Myth Adventures. Oh no, don't try to kick it. Adventures. Myth Adventures. Myth Adventures. And now it's time for Myth Adventures, the part of the show where we pretend we know stuff. Uh, 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 Master of the Dark Arts. Uh, uh, um, Master of uh, the Dark Arts. <laughs> I'm not gonna finish. Uh, um, uh, <laughs> so, okay, bits adventures where we pretend we know stuff. This is not uh, about so much educational stuff, uh, although there were some opportunities, like with some of the um, 
of Egyptian stuff. In I was, I admit, Richie's I was office. looking through the pictures of uh, Richie's Egyptian texts. Right. There were a few of them online, and I was like, come on, Hawkman, come on, yeah. Hawkman. There were no yeah. Hawkman references. No. And so, uh, but I decided not to do those because there were too many great nods, I thought, to DC Comics. Yeah. This was a real comic heavy episode. Yeah. And so, one of the things, Joe, that occurred to me that's not, it wasn't really a direct nod, but this idea of going into this alternate realm that Jacob Shaw and Richie have been researching and have achieved, mm-hmm. right, felt a lot to me like um, the Tower of Fate. Absolutely. You know, which for those of you who listening aren't familiar. Uh, it's awesome. In the first episode, we were introduced to the Helmet of Fate. That, that's not the name of it. What's it called? It is uh, called the Helmet of Naboo. The hem, thank you. Um, which is Dr. Fate's helmet. Dr. Fate is a giant mystical figure in DC Comics. One of the, if not the most powerful mystical force, yes. maybe after the Spectre. And he has a place called uh, the Tower of Fate, which is a place that exists outside of our realm of time and space. I believe you can access it from, if, I, if my memory of the comic books is right, I think the like physical manifestation, you can access it in Salem. Massachusetts. Is that what it is? I believe so. Well, and for a little while, there were different people who had, like, there was an apartment that had a, a door right. connecting to it. Right. Uh, because fate wanted that to happen and those kind of things. And uh, eventually, the the earthly version of it was destroyed, but it still existed in this other plane. Exactly. Um, and the other plane was something like the barrier between realms or some name like that that I'm forgetting. And it was, it, it bore, it had a similar resemblance to Jacob Shaw's house in so much as it was this single tower, the stone tower in the middle of floating nothing. in the middle of right. Nothing of an ether, yep. you know? Yeah, absolutely. And so the part of the reason I bring that up is because of the similarities between the two things, yep. but also the connection we've seen the helmet of fate. And now we've seen something that very much ties in with where he resides or his safe house. Right. And that leads me to, you know, man, I w- hope that at some point, if season two happens, they bring those together and fate shows up if or we, something that ties all those together. If we had gotten all of the episodes this season, apparently that was what was going to happen. Man. David Goyer was talking about how they had a Dr. Fate arc. And uh, so please season two. Right. Because some of that would be really great. Oh, my God. I would of me lose was... my mind if Dr. Fate showed up. I, <laughs> y- gentle listeners, you will hear me squeal with glee from wherever you live the minute that Dr. Fate actually shows up on the show <laughs> um the uh room where zed deposited her female uh would-be abductor the room of nothingness yes was the was part of the other reason i right. brought this up because i wonder if that's another way of getting to it or is it related to these this older universe we've got or who knows we but just don't know. you know the idea of them all tying together is kind of cool <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's one of the things, obviously, we've seen the seeds of the Resurrection Crusade. We know that that's a coming. Will we see it this season? I don't think so. Right. But one of the things that also makes me curious about it is Richie plays a not small role in the discovery of the Resurrection Crusade. Oh, yeah. So he could come back he for absolutely that next could. season. There's a part of me that oh, desperately yeah. hopes he doesn't because it was through the Resurrection Crusade that we lost Richie. Mm. Uh, and I would obviously love for Richie to stick around for as long as minor possible. Spoiler, minor spoiler. Right. But, sorry. But no, I, it was one of those things as I was <laughs> thinking yeah. more about it, I was like, actually, right. Richie actually has a role to play in the Resurrection Crusade. You know, it's interesting. I wonder if... W- 
here's a thought. If when all of this season shortening stuff happened, if they had to retool some of these episodes and that's partly why Richie survived this episode was because they weren't going to be able to go into the resurrection crusade. So maybe we let him survive in the hopes that that could happen in season two. Boy, that would be cool. Mm, Interesting. Okay. So other myth adventure uh, points dealing with nods to the comic. The the obvious one. How did we miss Ivy university? It's it's still kicking myself on that one. (laughs) No, I think that's awesome. Um, There were a couple other ones though. I don't know if you noticed Joe, in Richie's office, in all the stuff there, there's a scene where they're <gasps> yes. sitting there having a discussion, and there's the a mucus membrane. No, there's a mucus membrane album. Album, album. Yes, the record is is, is sitting there, oh. leaning up against the shelf. So good. And you know, mucus membrane. They mentioned it on the show, mm-hmm. uh, but that is the band that they all had back in the day. You know, yeah. I, I, I don't remember if we put it up on our Facebook site, but I hope we do. Someone made a music video of Mucus Membrane's one hit song. It is worth taking a look oh, at because yeah. it's hilariously we awesome. We may have posted it, but I if think we didn't, did. Joe will do it again. We should repost it again. It'll go on the Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash groups slash the devil you know. It's Check that out. awesome. So other, uh, the, the only other specific thing that I noticed uh, for Myth Adventures was, um, and they lingered on it long enough that you go, oh, of course, was Bradstreet Hall. Bradstreet Hall, right. And Tim Bradstreet is one of the more famous um, uh, cover artists for Hellblazer. Right. And some gorgeous stuff that uh, I would encourage you to go and look up if you're a fan of, of, of the show or of Hellblazer and look up some of the great artwork that he's done. And so it was neat to see that little nod to him. Yep. You know, I thought that was fun. So uh, any other myth adventure stuff, Joe, ties to the comics that we've missed? The only one that did kind of make me go, huh. And I, I'm hesitant to even bring it up because it was probably nothing. Uh-huh. So like I said, I went online and took a look at some of the Egyptian pages that they were dealing with in the show. I did not see Hawkman. I was looking for Hawkman. I admit I'm one of the five people out there that really thinks Hawkman is badass and awesome. <laughs> uh, I like Hawkman. Hawkman's got a cool nth metal belt. Nth metal belt That's, and the yeah. ancient Egyptian stuff that I love. There's a, there's a huge uh, ancient Egyptian aspect to Hawkman and the idea of reincarnation. It's a yes. big part of the character. Yeah. So I was looking at the pages being like, here comes Hawkman. Here comes Hawkman. There was no Hawkman. Right. What there was... <laughs> And it could pro- it was probably nothing. It may have been me reading too much into it. One of the Egyptian characters in the pages bore a not small resemblance to another DC character who is the Blue Beetle. Oh, one sure. of the characters had the, the, the big kind of shoulder. I don't even know what to call them. The extension things coming off of his shoulders. OK, uh, kind of the curving up helmet thing. Yes. Not dissimilar. From the Blue Beetle. Okay. And I was like, hmm, is this a Blue Beetle reference? Interesting. The answer, probably not. Right, probably, but maybe. But maybe. Blue Beetle was uh, a character who was in the Justice League for a Indeed. while. Ted Cord. Yep. Uh, and it, he was another sort of Batman-ish, but goofier. There it is, yeah. If Batman and Plastic Man had a child. Yeah, exactly. No, that was Ted Cord. He was uh, rich from inventions and things. Right. Um, but was a little goofy. Yep. You know, in fact, there was a, there were a number of um, Justice League and Justice League 
Europe or Justice League International International, I think episode uh, issues uh, that had him and Booster Gold being ridiculous together. <laughs> they were this little buddy cop team. Off they on were ridiculous, uh, like let's get rich schemes and things. And yeah, it was crazy. They were the two superheroes that when they showed up, your first thought, if you were in need of help and they showed up, your first thought was, so, so did anyone know Batman's number? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, funny. So that's interesting. I didn't even see the Blue Beetle thing. I cool. could be completely wrong. So, um, Joe, that's enough about Myth Adventures. Should we skip to some feedback? Feedback? Let's do it. My name is John Constantine. Here's where you can reach me. Something big's on its way. Um, so Joe, we only got one piece of feedback this, this week. This will be surprise to everyone, but who was it? It was our good friend, Bayou Shaman. Yes. Bayou Shaman. Yes, and we are much appreciative, Bayou Shaman. Uh, thank you for joining us again. So I'm going to read this. Bayou Shaman says, Welcome back to my fellow followers of the Forgotten Arts who were missed in your absence. Oh, thanks. Not much to say this time around. Kind of a tropey story. I feel like I just watched every 90s teen horror movie. <laughs> Which is sad with this being one of the last three episodes of the season and possibly ever. I'd prefer these last episodes to be stronger. I'm hard stretched to give this a 7 out of 10. And that's only for Jeremy Davies or it would be a 6. Oh, interesting. Hmm. I liked it more than you did. I did too. Monsieur Shaman. But that doesn't mean anything. That just means that uh, uh, I liked it more than you. They laid an interesting seed to Richie's future. Future transformation. I actually like this updated version with the singularities. Me too. There is no way the old story would have worked. It was too aged. Let's hope they visit this again in season two. Yeah, we've been talking about that. I agree. It's nice on the same wavelength. It was really good to see Richie again. I enjoyed the actor even more this time around. I really missed Chaz and Zed. For a show based on a comic about a solo character, the others add something that the show needs. Even the scenes with Manny felt like they were tacked on. He could not have been in this episode, and it wouldn't have really changed anything other than pushing John off the couch at the start like an old-school dungeon master, poking his (laughs) players out of the tavern to the next quest. (laughs) Dungeons and dragons. Sorry it was so short, but I'm pretty underwhelmed this week. Bayou Shaman. Don't apologize for sending us short feedback. It's less for me to read, and (laughs) we love getting feedback. Thank you. We totally do. Yeah, I don't disagree, and we talked about that at the beginning. Some of the stuff had a tropey feel. I liked what they did with it, so I didn't mind that. Um, and uh, yeah, I do totally get your point about Manny as well. Oh, sure. For me, I like the little drop-ins that feel like they could lead to other things. I certainly hope they are. Yeah, the the uh, the moment where, yeah, we talked about this, the moment where he says, this guy could be of use to us. Yeah. There, it. it it gives the more we see Manny moving forward on the plan to take down the rising darkness. Yes. The happier I am. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, you know, for me, Bayou Shaman, we, we haven't given our ratings. I would give, I personally would give this episode an eight half empty pill bottles under the name Richie Simpson. (laughs) That's hilarious. Why? Thank you. Um, Don't do drugs, kids. I right. Don't do drugs. I gave. I would give this eight and a quarter. Men in the mirror. Uh, <laughs> Are you talking about the man in the mirror? I'm talking about the man in the mirror. <laughs> talking about the man in the mirror. He who something gotta change his ways. That's that's all we're gonna do. So Boy. I like this a little, even a little bit more than you probably. Um, but and we talked about that. 
Um, like I liked this episode a little bit better than last week's episode. I really liked last week's episode. Yeah, even though I did like last week's episode, um, I don't know. This for me was for whatever reason more fulfilled. I don't know why. I think the thing that Tony and I both respond to again, <laughs> this comes as a surprise to exactly no one. Tony and I have a you know we come from a theatrical background. That's Tony and I make a big chunk, if not the majority of our living, in professional theater. And I think one of the things that Tony and I both responded to in this one is this is a very character heavy episode. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a really interesting character arc that I personally, you know, I, I, I come from things from a playwright standpoint. And that's one of the big things I'm always looking at is interesting, fleshed out characters with a really clear journey. And this episode gave me that all over the place. Sure. Richie had a great arc in this. And so did John. So did John. You know, yeah. Which I really liked. And it was interesting. I mean, I, I agree. I like having Chaz and Zed in there. Sure. I like that mix. But I did think it was fun to break that. We've had that for 10 episodes now. Well, it was, or I mean, ish, you know, but it was nice having John go off and team up with Richie because we just got a different dynamic. Well, we so often see John dealing with people who are lower on the totem pole than he is. Yes. What was fun for me about this episode was seeing John dealing with a peer. Someone who maybe not as skilled at magic as he is, but just as aware of it and able to do a lot of stuff that John himself cannot do. Correct. And I thought it was really interesting to see that dynamic of instead of mentor mentee, it was more like partners in crime. Yeah, it kind of was. Yeah. Yeah, and that was nice. You're right. Um, so great. Thanks for the feedback, Bayou Shaman. We appreciate that very much. You're awesome. I also want to point out that if you would like to send us feedback, uh, you can reach us at goldenspiralmedia.com slash feedback. And we love the voicemail feedback, so oh, please send that because so I love fun. hearing everyone's voices and hearing you chat about what you thought. Um, and you can use the SpeakPipe widget uh, at goldenspiralmedia.com slash feedback or the Golden Spiral Media feedback hotline, which is 304-837-2278. Give us a call there as well. And you can follow us on Twitter at ConstantineGSM. And you can find us at Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash the devil you know. Is that what Jacob Shaw ran through Miranda's chest? Was it the speak pipe? It might have been. <laughs> she didn't speak real good. <laughs> nope. After that was done, real good. That was English language, good <laughs> speaking nicely. English is actually Tony's first language. <laughs> napping. Napping is my first language. So let's wrap this baby up. <laughs> um, I want to do quote of the week. Yes. Oh, it's the quote of the week. Boy, we are saying like what's crazy today. Happen. That actually, for those of you Golden Spiral Media listeners, <laughs> I was just singing the quote of the week song from the Fringe podcast that the Golden Spiral Media did for the entire run of the TV show Fringe because <laughs> I loved that. Oh, it's the quote of the week. So, Joe, quote of the week, what do you got? You know, again, I've made no secret of the fact that I'm a big Jeremy Davies and Richie fan. So obviously my quote is from Richie. It's also the moment in the episode where I laughed out loud. When Richie and John are talking and Richie is trying to explain the idea of singularity and maintaining one's consciousness and technology. And John's response is, oh, you mean it's like a bomb shelter for your brain? And Richie's awesome response is, that is the idiot version, yes. 
<laughs> yep, that is the idiot version. Yes, so good. Oh, and Jeremy Davies, of course, nailed it. But so funny. well written and well executed. Um, I loved the moment, and I, I mentioned this in our opening stuff. I loved the moment where we got John sitting and wallowing a little bit. Yep, looking at Gaz in the mirror. And Manny calls him on his little one-person pity party. And John says, well, what's the point of having a mirror that shows you the past if you can't wallow in it? <laughs> and I just loved it because, you know, it's true. Like, yep. what what are you going to do? with? I mean, you either look at it and celebrate what's happening or you wallow in it. And it was showing a wallow type of moment. So, you know, I, yep. I, I loved that line. I just thought it was great. And it gave us a little bit of insight into um, who John is when he can let his guard down and nobody that he's got to impress is around. Right. You know? It's it's really uh, something to see because it doesn't appear like John is trying to impress people much normally. Right. But, but boy, he actually can let himself go even more. Yeah. Yeah, and he he's he's you know the the I I I don't give a damn a, attitude right you know it's I think pretty well crafted right I, know, the only thing be. that that was missing in that scene is like a half empty bag of Cheetos <laughs> right Minecraft and Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> both of the different screens and stuff yes and I say that as someone who's played both of those so there you go don't be sending me hate mail. Nothing fellow fellow nerds. Nothing but love. <laughs> so I do also want to point out that um, if you need help doing any pro, uh, professional, professional, pro, <laughs> remember, not his first right language. Napping. If you need any help making podcasts, please check out Pro Podcast Solutions. Uh, here's a little info about that. Are you a podcaster who loves creating great content? but gets overwhelmed by the audio editing process? Are you a business professional or an entrepreneur that wants to start a podcast but aren't sure where to begin? You need Pro Podcast Solutions. Pro Podcast Solutions has a robust suite of services to equip podcasters and help podcasters create better content than ever before. Visit propodcastsolutions.com today and find out how you can get your first episode produced for free. That's propodcastsolutions.com. Also, I do want to talk about Patreon, sponsoring Golden Spiral Media through Patreon. These podcasts are free and on purpose because we want to share stuff with people. All they will cost you is your soul. <laughs> That's a different thing, but okay. Definitely know what you want. Um, but also... If you are a fan of Golden Spiral Media and feel like supporting the podcast, if you go to goldenspiralmedia.com, you can find the Patreon links. Patreon is uh, a way to support by, yeah, you, you give money and uh, that p helps pay for all of the stuff that has to happen for these podcasts to happen, bandwidth and hosting and web uh, domain names and things like that. Um, and... As a thank you to all of the Patreon supporters, the Golden Spiral Media hosts are putting out special Patreon-only content. Yes. And some of them are very fun. Oh, you're going to You love them. get to choose 
an awful movie or two for us to then watch and do a podcast through and make fun of the movie or comment on the movie. Or you can pick um, a TV show or a movie that you love and we can do a commentary podcast about that. And there are a few, there are a handful of other uh, uh, perks that you get as a Patreon sponsor. So, Please, if you're at all interested, goldenspiralmedia.com and check out the Patreon links because we love doing this and we'll continue to do it. But we also uh, like to share uh, even a little more with those who help support the podcast. So be a part of the team and join us over at the Patreon link at Golden Spiral Media. They totally shot down my idea for a 12-month calendar of sexy podcast hosts. And there goes the shirt again. Jeez. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's all we're going to talk about today. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey, two more episodes this season of Constantine. Uh, if they're as good as this one was, it's been a pretty good season. It's been a pretty good season. And let's hope we continue to get more and we get some good news about season two. In the meantime, I also want to say Joe and I are doing another podcast now. Join us. The time has come to announce it. The time has come as of next week. Um, well, this week, by the time you listen to this podcast, right. actually, as of tomorrow night, <laughs> Joe and I will be doing a podcast called Central City Underground, where we will be discussing Batman, the, no. Batman, the television show, The Flash. Tony and I both love The Flash. Yet another DC comic show, and this one's very different than Constantine, but a superhero who is near and dear to our hearts. I've been a Justice League fan as long as I can remember, and Flash is a huge part of Justice League and he's awesome. I was a avid reader of the Jeff Johns run of The Flash. Which uh, is so very good. much what the TV show is based on. Very much. Jeff Johns is the exec- one of the executive producers yeah, on the show and it shows. Pretty terrific. So if you're watching The Flash join us over at Central City Underground. Uh, check us out. Uh, you can find that again at goldenspiralmedia.com And uh, thanks for being here. We hope to see you there. We'll talk to you very soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.